for the first time in 70 odd episodes, I've forgotten where my notepad with all the uh, introductions what? and introductions are. I've got my notes of my film notes, but then I've not got my notes on like who we are and what we're doing. Well, you should know who we are. It does, yeah, it does worry me that I can't do it. You've been doing it for, say, 70 odd weeks. And hello and welcome to the Popcorn, Popcorn Bucket. Podcast. Hello, hello, you're. Are you going to bark all day? I am just a figment of your imagination. Here's Johnny! You are a sad, strange little man. These guys were that. Don't fail me again. Rosebud. Hello, welcome to the Welcome Bucket Podcast with Ben and Rob. This is a regular look at the wonderful world of films, film franchises, and film nonsense. This week is a one-shot episode in which we pick a topic and choose a standalone film which isn't connected to a sequel, spin-off or prequel and hope that the other one hasn't chosen it and that we've chosen wisely yet uniquely. This week, as it is still Spookprill or Spooktober or Spookvember or whatever, um, (laughs) we we have chosen a horror one-shot which we will discuss two films spookily with spoilers from the beginning. So, Rob, we got small business first. Business, business, business. Yes. Yes, exactly. Unikissy, you ain't. Are the results in for the 92 one-shot? <clears throat> Somebody forgot to put them up until this morning, so the results are very much still in play. Well, we have to call it now. It doesn't matter. Like, it has to be in, unless there are no votes whatsoever. There's few votes. Okay, well, that's fine. Okay. okay. That will have to be it. So last uh, last episode was recorded in and on 1992, <laughs> and you went for Death Becomes Her, and I went for Porco Rosso. Indeed. Currently, I'm in the lead with 75% of the votes. I, I haven't even voted for myself yet. Give me a minute. I haven't voted for myself either, <laughs> so that won't make any difference. Oh, damn it. Yeah. Well, you know, well, we have to call it then because it's time for the other one shot now. So, well, if it changes between now and release, we'll update it with a note or something. It won't. No, that's the that's the cutoff point, and I'm happy for Porco Rosso to win. Uh, Even even when I cut the trailer music in, like I wanted that to go on for the entire thing because it's funky as hell. I am funky as hell. Yes. Okay, so, I mean, I thought you respected our audience more than just to straight up lie to them. <laughs> but, uh, but apparently not. So, you're going first this time. I am. So, before we jumped on, you accused me of not, in, of not liking horror okay. films. Let's take the editorialising out of the whole thing. I didn't accuse you. I just, I just said, in a friendly, supportive way, um, you don't really like horror that much, do you? So how did you get on with it? Um, I don't really like horror that much. Um, so I think I, I've seen like a few films, a few horror films. I've seen The Exorcist that I enjoyed. Mm. Um, I nearly went for Get Out because I really enjoy Get Out. I would have put money on you going for Get Out. In fact, I keep getting your, your guesses wrong, which is no, which is a very, very good film. I wondered about watching, mm. um, one of Jordan Peele's new, of either Ass or Nope because I've not seen that yet, but I'm not really sure if they're technically horror films. There's a film I didn't pick because I thought you may have gone for it, so I didn't. What What was it? I wondered if you'd gone for Cabin in the Woods. No. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I didn't go for that. It was a consideration. But... Um, and there was a film I sort of heard about, which I was going to go for, and then there was a few reasons why I didn't. Um, I've heard about it mentioned quite a few places. I think the director, uh, Gareth Evans, Gareth Edwards, the guy who did the raid. Um, yeah. He, 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 he's, he's mentioned it, and as has... Uh, garbage and in fact they released an episode on it today which is one cut of the dead which is a japanese zombie film which i watched then found out it's not technically a horror film it's more comedic and there are also sequels and also because the garbage people were doing it, i didn't want to copy them hey don't call them the garbage people <laughs> um i think it might take a restraining order out on us at some point um, i think so but so side note that film is brilliant because i did watch it anyway in the end it's amazing, and okay. I kind of want to talk about it. I also kind of don't want to spoil it, and I really want you to watch it without any um, sort of prior knowledge. Yeah, I'll I'll give it a shot. I haven't seen it. I've heard 
a lot about it, but okay. I haven't. So, see, so yeah, I mean, this this is, I suppose, the question is: Do you actually like being scared? Not really. No, no. I I, I know people do, and I think we've mentioned it before that like some people find it quite cathartic in a way of almost having uh, like like slight roller coasters, isn't it? You sort of come that close to kind of something really terrifying, but you're okay because you're in the safety of a cinema or your own house or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it's not really um, it's not really something I enjoy. No, me neither. I mean, I, I kind of, I go through films like I, they don't tend to like properly scare me, but it's just like, like jump scares and things like that. Like I'm not a huge fan of. However, I don't think that jump scares are always cheap scares because that there, there's this whole thing, which is just like, uh, people often say that, that, you know, oh, it's just jump scares, blah, blah, blah. I think you do have to build an atmosphere in order to have the jump scare work. And and I think then it's what you do. If it's just, you know, a a cat jumping up on a counter or whatever, and if it's those constant sort of fake outs, then yeah, it's a little cheap. But like if it actually kind of leads to something or if it actually kind of puts you immediately in that sort of like mindset of, oh, that's the danger, you know, then then I don't mind it too much. I don't necessarily watch all that many horror films, although I've seen quite a few. Are you in an anorak right now? You... It's uh, it's the microphone cable, uh, sorry, headphone cable sort of rubbing me inside my shirt collar. I'm trying to shift it so it isn't, but I'm not really helping. Sorry. Just just, just podcasting you like I do. And if you want to get the video feed of this link, you subscribe to yeah. Patreon. Uh, Patreon, yeah. <laughs> Patreon.com forward slash popcorn bucket pod to see the X-rated footage. I may or may not be eating fried chicken at the same time. Um, horror, horror is an interesting one. I, I've, I've come round on horror more. I used to be kind of quite uh, black and white with it. Like, if it doesn't scare me, then it's failed as a film. Because I, I kind of equated it to a comedy that didn't make me laugh. Okay. But I think I think there's more to it than that. I think as I've got older, I've kind of appreciated more things. So a horror movie may not actually like properly scare me, but I like the ideas in it. I like the right, sort of things. That... Well, there are there are films that have like truly kind of scared me and kind of shaken me, but but like it a lot of the time, I think the stuff that that scares sort of general audiences or at least the stuff that they think scares general audiences doesn't really kind of hit on any sort of deep level with me because you're not like general audiences well i'm not in that respect and as i said that's why i modified it to what they think because what people i I don't know if everyone else is like terrified of you know the horror film du jour you know they may not be I mean, there is a lot of there's a lot of sort of hype when it comes to horror films in general. They're always talking about how they've pretty much reinvented the wheel. Yeah, there's always the new hotness, you know, because you get the sort of the horror sort of sub fan base. You know, there's there's something that comes along. It's just like, wow, this is how we do horror from now on. You know, it, it's it's those notable ones. It's your Blair Witches. It's your The Witch. It's the Babadook, you know, it, it's yeah. all the kind of things that just, they kind of break out and people go, wow, this is, this is the new hotness. And I mean, it doesn't, it usually doesn't kind of stick a lot of the time. And invariably they'll probably make shitty sequels to it. I remember I really liked, uh, Wreck. Did you see Wreck? Uh, or, no. Or, but it's, it's Wreck as yeah, a yeah, yeah. Spanish, um, zombie. Uh, thing and I watched that on my own with the lights out and everything and that that had me on edge the entire time. Well, interesting you say that because uh, I watched the film I watched with the lights on and subtitles on to take the edge away. <laughs> oh no! In two sittings. <laughs> it's fine, dude. I mean, look, man, I I I get it. I as I said, I don't particularly like being scared either. I don't. I it, it it's not super pleasurable for me some people that's all they want from films is they want to be they want to be scared they want that sort of lasting sort of brain trauma <laughs> when you're lying a, in bed at night stressful as well is something I don't, um, I don't particularly like no 
no, and, and, and it can be. It's, it, it's, you know, that there, there are certain films. I mean, uh, I'm mean, a slight side point, but you know, I watched Uncut Gems. I watched part of Uncut Gems, um, because of all the hype around it. And I understand it's a very stressful film. And I stopped watching, not because I was like, oh, I can't watch this anymore, but I stopped watching, I think it's a bit where he goes to a school play and I just never got back into it. And I was talking to someone about it and I said, I don't really know what the first was about because I watched it at that point. And he said that was almost the turning point and everything gets really stressful from there on. Yeah. And it, it, it just ratchets up the tension and it's, it's not something it's, I can appreciate it's a good film and it's a hell of an Adam Sandler performance, Hmm. which makes him even more irritating by the fact that he doesn't actually do that on the regs. Well, Um, I liked his uh, award speech for that where he said something about my commiserations to all the other nominees who will have lost to Adam Sandler. <laughs> yeah, well, it's it's you know it's a great film, but I'm not. I wouldn't be in a hurry to watch it again. No, I feel like that was Requiem for a Dream. Well, yes, I don't think I'm ever going to watch Requiem for a Dream again. It was just, it's it's yeah, no, it's good. I can say that, but uh, but goddamn, do I not picture me kind of wanting to stick that on on Friday night? And if I if I am, then my Friday has gone terribly wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, so with our biases and everything aired, what, Rob, have you picked? Well, I chose to watch a film I haven't seen before. Okay. And as we're heading into the later part of the year, the nights are getting, you know, earlier and it's getting darker and colder. Um, I thought what better film to sum up that than Midsummer. Christian says you've got this special week planned. It's sort of a crazy festival. Special ceremonies and dressing up. That sounds fun. Tomorrow's a big day. Is it scary? What is it? It has special properties. What am I going through? We just need to acclimate. I don't want to acclimate. I want to go. Oh. By Ari Aster, released in 2017. Nice. Good choice. Thank you. Starring Florence Pugh, Jack Rayner, William Jackson Harper, Will Poulter, Philham Bomgren, and uh, Archie Medekwe. The description from the A24 website. Danny and Christian are a young American couple with a relationship on the brink of falling apart. But after a family tragedy keeps them together, a grieving Danny invites herself to join Christian and his friends on a trip to a once-in-a-lifetime midsummer festival in a remote Swedish village. What begins as a carefree summer holiday in a land of eternal sunlight takes a sinister turn when the insular villagers invite their guests to partake in festivities that render the pastoral paradise increasingly unnerving, discreetly disturbing. From the visionary mind of Ariasta comes a dread-soaked cinematic fairy tale where a world of darkness unfolds in broad daylight. Oh, I like that last line. Hmm. So, what did you think? Well, this is the first A24 film, I think it's the production company I've seen, but it's almost like you kind of know it's going to be a mark of quality. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, Jesus Christ, the amount of fucking circle jerking around A24. I mean, I, look, not without merit. They also have a very nicely designed website. Okay. Um, well. <laughs> we were looking at different websites in, in work and uh, this was, I was sort of Googling well-designed websites and this came up as one of the best design. And it is a nicely designed website. I think yeah. the popcornbucket.com could learn a thing or two from the yeah, 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 yeah. I need to, yeah. It needs something that isn't four years old on the front page. So A24, they, they have a following. It, they're, they're almost a genre unto themselves. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like a Blumhouse, isn't it, really? Yeah. It's just that that sort of well, the the sort of almost new Hammer Horror or something like yeah. that, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so yes, yeah, so you knew it was going to be good. Well, yes, I, yeah. Well, well I quality. assumed it was. Yes, yes. It is like a um, yeah, an indicator. And how how did you find? I mean, you said that you watched it in two sessions with the lights on and the subtitles. Yeah, and my did children still... holding my hands. To... It's okay. <laughs> did it still shit you up? Um. Well, I mean, part of the reason I'm watching two sessions, it's a long film. It's two and a half hours, and apparently it's a director's cut, which takes it up to three. Have you seen it, the film? I have, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. What do you think of it? It's really good. I mean, it's, 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 it's one of those films where, like, it, it genuinely disquieted me. I was disturbed by it. Like, I wasn't, like, straight up scared, 
but like th- some of the kind of um the the imagery and mm. the kind of the, the the atmosphere and everything like it, it's it's such an atmospheric movie and and that's what kind of it it kind of it felt like it settled in my brain you know it was it was kind of that sort of thing and and then then when i learned that they they're kind of um some more subliminal images and stuff in the background and things like that yeah i that's well like cuz the famous one is the um is it the hedgerow or something that is meant to like picture her sister yeah the end apparently i i it was only i'm reading after uh, afters yeah, yeah apparently at at the end you can see her sister standing in the trees yeah so i mean one of my things i did wonder throughout is because i've sort of seen images of it um you know the film is centered around florence Pugh. it is a florence Pugh film mm-hmm. and a lot of the promotional images are sort of like her uh sort of crying face or like surrounded by flowers and stuff and part of me was wondering while i was watching it, like if i was going into it had to know nothing about the film would i find it as uneasy as i do because i know it's a horror film because i've well I, you know i've heard it's a horror film and then you're sort of watching it and you're almost waiting for the horror to kick in and you've got this real sense of unease to absolutely everything so mm-hmm. part of me was wondering also th- there were parts where i think does this really count as a horror film but then something would happen on the cliff or something would happen uh in a chicken coop and think yep yep it's, it's, it's definitely <laughs> horror it's definitely horror the blood eagle didn't give it away, did it? Well, yeah, I think I wrote it down just before. Yeah, it is actually our, oh yes, a blood eagle. Um, <laughs> so the entire film is um, about Danny, played by Florence Pugh, her journey through grief. It starts off in nighttime in America, and she can't get in touch with her sister, who sent her some really strange um, cryptic messages, and you've then got this horrible horrible shot of firemen going into her parents house and her sister has gassed them all and the camera just lingers on them for ages it's so unsettling and then danny gets the news and you hear her sort of howling scream and it's horrible and her scream then becomes part of this the music and the music's really kind of off kilter and unsettling anyway and it's this it's almost like this horrible wailing siren and then her scream just becomes part of it, and then the film sort of begins proper. Um, she has her boyfriend in this is called Christian, and he is played by um, Jack Rayner, and he is one of the worst people in cinema. <laughs> yeah, like well, it's the end of the film, but my God, he deserved what he got. Oh, I, well, <laughs> yes. yes, but but you know, it's still, I'm not sure anyone knows yes, how he, bad they are deserve. This guy does deserve being. To Dockend in a bear? Was it to Bairdens? It would sure it'd be Chris, uh, Chris Bairdens. Hugh Bairdens. So he, he's got a group of friends and um, with Chidi from The Good Place, William Jackson Harper, whose character name is Josh, who, who wants to write a PhD on the Holger? Harger? Harger. The Holger, sorry, the Holger people. Which is that they've got a friend who's part of this commune and called Pele, and he's taken them uh, to the commune to witness the Midsummer Festival, which takes place once every 90 years. Josh Chidi is writing a, his PhD on Midsummer Festivals, and so they're all going along for the trip. Danny, who's grieving the loss of her family, kind of tags along, and here and Christian are kind of on the way, of, on the verge of breaking up, and you sort of get the impression that they, he, well, they would have broken up were it not for uh, her family. And sort of the tragedy there. Um, she's not really allowed to grieve in front of the Christian and sort of he's not being particularly attentive. He's sort of gaslighting her and he is a jerk. And I cannot stress this enough, deserves what he gets. <laughs> <laughs> so they go to Sweden to midsummer, which I think is middle of June. It's like the longest, uh, longest day. Mm. And I would much prefer the longest night. I like it. The idea of being dark for 24 hours, not daylight for 24 hours. Well, there's, um, oh shit, what's 30 days of night? Yeah, the vampire, vampires mm. attacking, yeah. Yeah, so, so they have done that. Yeah. But, uh, but, you know, the, I, I kind of like the fact that it's in the day. It's interesting because most horror films tend to be, you know, yeah. dark and creepy, as I was saying, like sort of those darker nights, whereas the fact it looks very pretty. 
if you didn't know what's happening, you think it was a nice, quite, you know, there's maypoles, <laughs> there's flowers, everyone looks like they're having I know, a nice it's time. Lovely. It's lovely. You're right. It's a great time. It looks like a demented centre parks. Mm, or just centre parks. <laughs> <laughs> so they go to, um, to the, the, the Horger. They take some hallucinogens and they, you've got this interesting shot of when they get off the plane and the, the camera sort of flips the car so it's going upside down. So it's almost like going to, you know, this surreal place and you know where reality's kind of been left behind the hall are very welcoming and they have some interesting ideas they introduce people to or they have a it's an atastupa which is when people are 72 they throw themselves off a cliff because they're mm. no longer of use and it's this is firmly a tick in the horror column where uh, american their visitors have no idea what's about to happen, apart from Chidi, he knows what's going to happen, but doesn't warn the others. But you sort of see an old man and an old lady jump off a cliff, and oh, it's, yeah, it's Ariasta does not um, pull back on there. Does not fuck about. No. Well, but it, it's almost like dreamlike as well, because it kind of happens in this. But there's not really kind of like a surge of music. It's not dramatic cuts. It almost is. It's kind of quite matter of fact, which almost makes it creepier. I think. It's it's funny because the thing that I remember, I haven't seen it for a while, and again, mm. it's not something I'm going to rewatch in a hurry because it is disturbing. Yes, is that one of the oldies survives? So the, the lady jumps off and uh, lands on the rock, and and that's it. The gentleman jumps off and lands feet first, so has to be mm. uh, finished off with a hammer. Yeah, well, it doesn't have to be. It's just they do it. <laughs> um, but like, yeah. That's, but that's the thing. But they, they do that weird thing. It's like you said, with the sort of her, uh, grief-filled whales become part of the sort of siren type thing. They often, they, they do the weird thing. Like, the follow, the, yeah, the rest of the community kind of, yeah, take the screams and mimic them. And yeah, yeah. which that's, that's the thing that stuck with me. The fact yeah. that it's like a, a game. It's like, I found that really, cause that happens a few times throughout the film. The sort of the mimic, I found it really creepy. Cause I think if I was, that I'd be, that was the last thing I heard was people sort of mocking me. Well, I mean, you know, there's a good chance of that. <laughs> <laughs> yep, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, no, it does. It does make it like like a game to them, and that's the thing. It's the sort of childlike joy in something so horrific that's that's very very creepy. It's almost not. It's it's, it's not always. Oh, in some ways, it's not joy. It's almost like they're sympathising. Well, they're kind of meant to be feeling at the same time. They're, yeah. Um, well, yeah. Okay. They're not. They're not sort of clapping about. But you know what I mean. It's, I mean, the film that it reminds me the most of is The Wicker Man, not the Nick Cage remake, but the actual one. Because again, it's got that sort of that sort of folky tradition type thing. That's and and burning. But it, yeah, that that is definitely that is definitely creepy. Like not knowing the sort of barbaric traditions and and that's slowly coming out as a thing it's it's grim it's a grim movie and the so the american well and there's i think it's a british couple as well they kind of not get well they they disappear one by one and eventually it's only left with um danny and christian and christian is drugged and seduced kind of willingly kind of not willingly into a relationship with a uh, with one of the Horga who has sort of recently come of age, mm. and again, there's some people standing around wailing and sort of mimicking as it as it happens. And Danny has been crowned May Queen because she danced around the Maypole for the longest, whilst on sort of hallucinogens. There's a lot of hallucinogens in this, like sort of tea and mushrooms and things. And the camera does a really good trick of it slightly distorts things, so there'll be sort of like she'll be, Florence will be looking at sort of plants and trees and things, and you'll be you'll be sort of seeing like light moving up and down it, or sort of almost like the uh, the, the the sort of the capillaries in the tree, mm. and it's almost it's it's quite subtle, so you're not sure are you actually seeing it, are you not? It's it, it's it, it puts your mind to sort of Shutter Island, that kind of you you probably need to see it again to pick up on things. So Danny discovers the the weird sex cabin with. Uh, that Christian is taking part in and breaks down in grief. And she's got a load of ladies who um, sort of grieve and um, scream and wail with her. And this is kind of her getting out or like finally being allowed to grieve in public, sort of grieve for the end of her relationship and her family tragedy. 
and at the very end of the film, the uh, the, the the culmination of the Midsummer um, Festival is nine people are sacrificed, and Danny, as Maple Queen, has to choose between Christian and a random Holger, and she chooses Christian to be sewn into a bear suit and burned alive. Mm. It is quite the film. It is. It's. And it sort of ends with everybody, with the rest of the Holger sort of watching this their building burn and they're, they're all wailing and sort of dancing and screaming. And Danny just smiles serenely, I guess, because she's found her place and her people and is allowed to be herself and be comforted by her family. Yeah. And it yeah. stayed with me for days and days afterwards. <laughs> it's so unsettling. It's, it's, it's brilliant. I'm not sure I want to see it again for a good number of years. It's visually really interesting. It's a horror film set in the middle of the day, pretty much. The sort of, it's, it's very good. It's very clever. I'm not watching. It, I wasn't sure I was like quite clever enough to pick up on, on lots of things. It probably does benefit from multiple viewings, but it, it's very, very good. But <laughs> well, it, fuck that for an idea. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, and I agree. I, it, it's only, it's only since like after seeing the film that I saw that there's, you know, a tremendous amount of foreshadowing, like the tapestries at the yes. beginning yeah, clear yeah, out yeah. the entire movie. A lot of stuff isn't really explained, or sorry, not explained. It's, it's not, um, kind of in the background. There's a bit where, um, so there's a British couple there walk past a weird tapestry and the camera kind of pans along and there's always weird panels and it's about someone, uh, about someone sort of serving, um, a pie cooked with, um, with sort of some, some human hair in it and, um, and some other various bits and pieces. And at the end, they go, what's that? What's that? And they're just told it's a love story. And then later on, um, Christian is eating a pie and there's some hair in it. And then that leads obviously to the bit in the cabin, but it's not kind of explicit of this is what, you know, this means this. She's trying to do this with you. It's just, you kind of piece, piece it together. I think that's kind of what does make a good horror movie. I think a lot of uh, horror movies in general try to over-explain their premises, try to kind of like, oh, and this is because this, and and they try to kind of over-justify certain things. And I think I think horror movies, I mean, are, are better if they're operating almost on dream logic, as in it makes sense in the moment, but then when you start to kind of pick it apart later, you're just like, what the fuck that doesn't make any sense but it doesn't matter in the moment because it's scary but this is this is one of the things where it does make sense after you kind of go back and you sort of assemble the pieces in your mind and just like oh yeah and, and she's smiling like the weird sun yes like, yeah 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 you know that that sort of thing you know you kind of just like oh fuck yeah it's a very very clever movie and um, um her uh, the the guy who takes them to uh to, to sweden uh, Pele, when he's sort of trying to comfort because um, Danny wants to leave after she after she witnesses the witnesses the utter stupor. She wants to, to to leave, and he says that he lost his parents in the fire. Which obviously you realize later, the fire his parent he lost his parents in was this sacrifice thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the bit with the blood eagle is horrific. The um, it's the the British guy gets which um, I've got a description of a blood eagle. So if you don't want to hear about it, close your ears. <laughs> The Blood Eagle was a method of ritually executing a chosen member as detailed in late skaldic poetry. Uh, the victims were placed in a prone position, their ribs severed from the spine with a sharp tool, and their lungs pulled through the opening to create a pair of wings. Although there is debate as to whether this ever happened. It happened in this film, but... Oh yeah, it straight up happens in this film, but whether it actually... I've seen it, I've seen it appear in a few horror films, because obviously it's intrinsically horrific. Yeah. <laughs> There's, I know you like it when, what was it you said the other day? Shilling for other people's podcasts? Oh yeah, I love it. Um, yeah. I listened to a very good episode of the podcast nobody asked for, where they talk about this for two hours or so. They go into it in quite in depth. Mm. Ariana yeah. Grande wanted to buy the flower dress that uh, Florence Pugh wears at the end, but it was bought by the Academy of Motion Pictures Museum. Hmm. Apparently in Sweden, I don't know if this is true or if there's something, something's amended on IMDb, uh, people thought it was a black comedy. As in they were laughing at the screening or they, they thought it was until they actually watched it? Uh, when the film was released in Sweden, rather than eliciting fear in the audience, many people laughed. Many Swedish critics praised the film as an excellent black comedy. I mean, 
different cultures fear different things. And maybe, maybe the, it's so inaccurate when it comes to Swedish things that it's funny, or maybe it, it's like, I mean, who knows? Who knows on that one? They could honestly find it funny because horror and comedy, they're, they're kind of along the same lines. They're both trying to get sort of, uh, an elicit a, a visceral reaction from you, aren't they? Yeah. And you can't control that thing. You can't, you, I mean, you can sort of fake laugh and fake be scared, but like, like you, you feel it in your chest. Like whether it's, whether it's fear or, or laughter or whatever, it's, it's involuntary. So they're both kind of doing that. And that's why there are quite a few horror comedies. Um, but who knows? I mean, the Swedes, man, they're hardcore, <laughs> if that's true. But, um, I, I, I could see it. You know what? I, I, I could see that being true. Did I ever tell you about the time I went to the Phantom of the Opera? No. I went to see the Phantom of the Opera and, I, for some reason, went in thinking it was a comedy and ended up laughing through quite a lot of the uh, of the play. Wow. But people loved being around you. I genuinely couldn't understand why the people weren't laughing. Because if you go into something, I think if you go into something thinking, like Charlie Brooker said one of his favourite things to do in a film is to say to people, I bet I can work out which one's the robot. <laughs> and then it sort of gives yeah. them a different film view. So I think because I, was, I found the funny in quite a lot of, like, there's a lot of turning, like turning around the phantoms behind you or like sort of hiding off somewhere, which mm. is kind of comedic. And yeah, there's a bit with the, with the music box, which is the climax of the film, uh, oh, sorry, of the play, the stage show where the, fan- film with Gerard Butler. Uh, where the phantom says about how he's so alone, the music box opens. And I found that really funny, just the timing. Of people looking to get their fright on and kind of doing that, and you're like, <laughs> like fucking De Niro and Cape Fear. That's what that scene in The Simpsons is based on. You know, when he's smoking a cigar in the uh, cinema. Uh, no, that's your Bob. And and the no, you don't uh, know that. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen that one. Oh well, they use the Cape Fear theme for Sideshow Bob. Like that, that theme that he has is from Cape Fear, and and okay. it, and, and I'm pretty sure it, it, it's it's the De Niro one where he's he's kind of yeah he's in the cinema and he's he's smoking a huge cigar and laughing ridiculously loud. What dude? I I respect the hell out of you picking a film that you hadn't seen before and you knew you were probably going to get a little bit frightened of. I don't think it's frightened. I just it's more stress than unease. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but I. This is what I was going to do Goosebumps last time. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was looking through Netflix's horror things. Like, oh, Goosebumps. That's a nice horror film. Yeah, it is. It is. I'm annoyed you you didn't go for Get Out because I had a whole thing about how I'd vote for Get Out twice if I could. (laughs) (laughs) But then it felt like Get Out didn't need the sort of publicizing. It's a fucking great horror movie. It's a very good horror film, yeah. So yeah, as is Midsummer, it's, it's it's very very good. It's very well shot. Very Florence Pugh is incredible. Uh, Will Poulter is is good in it. I've not talked to him, he was good. That the yeah Christian is just a dick. He's the worst. Yeah. Well, kudos. I think to probably, I'll probably think about. There's much more, a lot more I should talk about about it. But yeah, I think I've got my main points across. I think so. I think you've uh, I think you've done it justice. Yeah, genuinely, like that sound that sounded like a joke, but that wasn't. No. I, I, yeah, I, I'm pretty pleased. That's that you did good work, Rob. Thanks. A star. That'll do, pig. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, because, because I, I didn't put that much thought into mine. Well, you delayed recording because you were going to listen to the uh, director's commentary. So I thought, oh, Ben's done a lot of work. There were two commentaries. Oh, you listened and, to two director's uh, commentaries. No, I fell asleep halfway through the first one. Okay. Um, but I think I gleaned the majority of the points. It wasn't, it wasn't as insightful as I was hoping it would be. I think that's the thing. If they were dropping absolute science in this commentary, like then, then I'd be like, oh, okay, well, this is worth sort of pointing back for, but I'll give it a listen again. I own the film, so it's, it's fine. So I did, I did consider 
uh, Get Out, Cabin in the Woods, like we've said. Oh, then we could have voted for Get Out twice if we both gone for it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Instead, I went for a little film called You're Next. Why would anybody do this? They've been watching us for days. This wasn't a random attack. Now, I don't know if you've seen your next. I assume because it's a one shot. And because it's a horror thing, probably not. Probably not. So, have you seen your next? Uh, no. I've heard the title. Um, you will probably know it because the killers wear animal masks. That's uh, okay. Movie. Yeah. Yes. It, okay. So I think I remember seeing an advert for that and an advert for uh, the Purge, which is another good series of horror films I enjoy. I, I um, like the Purge series. Yeah. And I think possibly getting them confused yeah well your next is um well it's a 2011 movie directed by adam wingard who went on to do godzilla versus kong kong versus godzilla or whatever it is a home invasion movie um apparently uh, adam wingard was talking to the writer Simon barrett about types of horror and how home invasion is like pretty much the only thing that scares him these days because of the sort of realistic factors. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and I get it. You know, you're nice and you're nice and safe in your house. You know, you So that's watch a film on. where you're too scared to be at home. Yeah, you 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 sat there with the lights on, with the subtitles on, watching your movie in two parts. <laughs> I'd recommend some maniac bursts through the door with a machete, you know? So I get it. I, I get why that's the kind of thing. So the basic premise is that these uh, this older couple are having their 35th wedding anniversary. Um, they're minted. They've got a this sort of big mansion-type place in, in out in the sticks, and it's a big family reunion to, you know, celebrate this event think knives out it's kind of knives out except the knives are machetes and they're very much in uh, yeah and they're in and then out and then in people again so so yeah so so the you know standard family stuff there's there's you know backbiting there's there's definitely some unresolved tensions and things but we we follow um crispin and his his girlfriend erin as as they we actually see the opening of the movie is an older guy and and a just out of her teens college girl having sex. Uh, she doesn't look into it. Um, I think that's the point. And he goes to have a shower after the whole thing, and she comes out. She puts some music on, and then you get the depth of focus shot. Because, you know, we're watching through, through the sort of screen door and the windows and things like that. And we get a depth focus shot, uh, which will become the movie's sort of like staple. It become, it's the hallmark of the, the killer in the animal mask sort of reflected. Those two people get brutally murdered. When the dude comes out of the shower, like he, he's, he, this is before he died, obviously. Um, when he comes out of the shower, he sees his girlfriend's lying in a pool of her own blood uh, outside with the words your next scrawled on the screen door in her blood. And and then he gets murked. So that turns out to be a neighbor's house. So it's all it's all part of the, the thing. So as as we have this reunion, we have this this kind of family event going on, um we meet everyone, you know, the the kind of the adult children and their spouses, their partners, and they're all sat down to dinner and they're talking about things. And one of them, who is a documentarian, he sees something outside and he goes towards the window and suddenly there's a like a whooshing noise. The 
glass breaks, and he's got a cross bolt sticking out of his forehead. Oh, nice. And and the whole scene is really, really well done because you've got the sort of um we see it mostly from Erin's point of view, but we see the sort of broken glass, the, the glass kind of shards on the floor, we see the broken window, and then you get the reveal of Tariq with the crossbow bolt in his forehead as he then collapses to the ground. So it's pandemonium. And and more crossbow bolts are fired through the windows, hitting he hitting somewhere hitting one of them in the back. Um hitting, you know, other stuff. It's 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 a fucking war zone. Yeah, so so that's basically the premise. It seems that there are multiple killers with animal masks that want to do these people harm. And we we kind of go from there. And Erin, she's capable from the outset. So, like, for instance, the guy who gets the, the bolt in his back, the rest of them are just like, pull it out, pull it out. And she's like, no, don't pull it out. Just put your hands around it, keep pressure on it. You know, that sort of thing. She seems to, to kind of be more au fait with this sort of stuff. And, yeah, as as things go on, more and more of the family get murdered. As I said, it's a home invasion thing. They're, it's grim. It's 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 a bad old time. I suppose all those uh, nice home invasion films. There might be the Home Alone. Not nice. No, I suppose not. In fact, this does Kevin share some DNA. <laughs> this film does share some DNA with Home Alone. You even have, which I'm sure is actually an intentional reference, nails through the foot uh, shot, which. Always, always gives me the ick. I like the idea that um, uh, that he grows up. That Kevin from Homeland grows up to be Saw in the in the Saw films. I mean, after going through that, I, I can't remember what happened in New York. I know he was lost in New York, but I, I and he met Donald Trump. But like, I can't remember what happened. But after the first one, I could I can see him turning to Jigsaw. Maybe he pretty much was there anyway. I mean, yeah, yeah. So, the thing I really, really like about this movie, numerous things I really like about this movie, but one of them is, I think, the the whole the family gathering before shit hits the fan, the sort of forced joviality, the sort of like, hey, haven't seen you in a while, you know, that sort of thing, but then... A bit like when we get together. Yeah, exactly. They're talking in their couples and whatever, and they're just like, oh, God. Can you believe they're fucking here, like doing this and blah blah blah? And most of them are complete dickheads. Again, kind of knives outy, but um, but Erin seems to be the only one who's who's sort of like legit. Her and her and Crispin uh, seem to be the cool guys. It manages the sort of the infighting, the family infighting, and the sort of the the passive aggressive comments. And things like that, it, it manages to kind of make that feel a lot more relatable, a lot more real. Okay. Uh, they do a really, really good job of that. And to the point where they're even like, they're hiding from the crossbow assault and they're still yelling at each other. And one of them, it calls the other one like fat and he's like, I'm not fat. I lost all that weight, blah, blah, blah. You know, it just all this shit. And, and you know, it, it's, it, it feels realistic. And I think, I think that's what it does. It does a good job of sort of setting out these characters and who they are. And, uh, and so you actually, you actually care for them. You actually have an emotional reaction. Whether you like them or not, you have an emotional reaction to them. So rather the, than just being sort of like famous bad victims. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. You've, you've got to have it. it you know, they say, and yes, I'm going to relate this to wrestling again, because I relate everything. I see everything through a, uh, a wrestling type prism. But wrestlers say that it doesn't matter whether you're being cheered or booed. As long as you're getting a reaction, as long as you're not quiet, sat in your seat, that's what they kind of think. And I think it goes, goes kind of the same for horror movie characters and things. You've got to have that sort of like, Oh, this guy's a douche. I hope he. I hope he gets stuffed inside a bear and burnt, you know? Yep. <laughs> like, I've got a film for you. <laughs> yeah, for that specific thing, check out Midsummer. But, but you know, you, you, you want to see them punished. You want to see the bad guys punished and you want the good guys to, 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 to win. 
and 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 that's it. And I think that while it doesn't reinvent the wheel, while it doesn't have this whole thing, and you could look at it very much as just like a standard, whatever a standard home invasion movie, I think it does a fantastic job of like exploring some of the tropes. So, for instance, one of them, like, because they they still got to make the stupid decisions. Because, you know, horror movie characters often make stupid decisions because that separates them from the group and then they get killed in some... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, one one of uh, the characters, Amy, she, she, after arguing with each other about who's the fastest, uh, she volunteers to run outside the front door and, and, and get into one of the cars and try and get some help. And so we have the scene where they're just like, okay, well, you know, make sure you're running full pelt you know we'll open the door at the last minute so they won't be expecting that blah 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 and you know it's a terrible idea because like th- there have been numerous things the fact that they're they're sort of shooting through the windows the fact that none of their mobile phones work they must be jammed you know so it's clearly a professional operation going here so they probably have a contingency plan for someone just running out the front door but it it does a good job of sort of using these tropes without without them being there for their own sake, if that makes sense. I think I think a lot of horror movies do this whole, whole follow the leader thing. So they will have oh well that worked in that film, so we'll have it in ours. Okay, so yeah, 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 yeah. Rather than rather than say that people aren't acting logically, they're just doing the cliche or the the trope for the for doing exactly. the trope. Yeah, yeah, just because just because other horror movies have it, whereas this. You have you have the sort of the gore and the splatter, but there there's actual sort of propulsion behind the whole thing, and and the scene and again we we are talking spoilers here, so I have to I have to wear. So she runs out of the front door, and there happens to be some piano wire stretched across. Okay, and she she goes throat first into it, and uh, and then dies choking on her own blood. Oh, nice. It's brilliant. But it's an awesome it's an awesome kill. That's the thing. Like I've talked before about horror movies. I, I think horror movies and action movies, you need variety in your kills. You can't just you get sick of people getting stabbed with knives or shot with guns. Piano wire running full pelt into some piano wire, that's nasty enough to stick with you for a while. Yeah. As the film goes on, turns out, yeah, Erin is a badass. And she starts kind of making sort of makeshift traps. She puts kind of uh, boards with nails in uh, by the windows and things like that. She she knows how to kind of lock everything down and make, you know, kind of know tactically kind of what is probably safer. Um, and I'm not going to spoil the whole thing uh, because, because it does have some interesting uh, narrative quirks. Uh, the whole reason for her being like this is because she had a weird childhood where her dad was kind of a paranoid sort of doomsday prepper type guy. And she actually like grew up in a like survivalist camp where he taught her how to basically survive. And she is one of the most sort of badass female sort of horror protagonist i think i can think of like she's brilliant and it's not because she's like completely flawless and she just you know kicks everyone's asses and 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 that's it she's scared and vulnerable and gets hurt and everything but she perseveres she kind of she grits her teeth and uses her intelligence to get around certain problems and she becomes scary in her own right she kills one of the masked killers with a Neat tenderizer, and and she 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 kind of kicks him in the balls and knocks him down, and then gets a, a sort of clean shot to the back of the skull, and just keeps going. Oof. And and but that's it. Like it's and and that's that's the point where the movie really turns. The tables are turned, and you even have one of the mask car- uh, killers turfing over the dinner table at the discovery of his colleague on the floor. To show so, the tables have turned. Exactly. Yeah, and they also do a brilliant thing. Like these are f- effects are practical as well. I am so so sick of CGI blood. It just it always looks awful, unless it's like 
you know, I'm just contradicting myself immediately. But like, if you look at something like 300, at least that's stylistic where you have the CGI bloods, you know, sort of kind of whatever, like, like having that actual splatter is, you, you can't beat it. You can't beat sort of squibs going off. You can't yeah. beat sort of practical makeup effects of, of, you know, cuts and, 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 you know, all that stuff. It, the, the sort of CGI blood spatter, which I guess they just put so they can sort of take it out at a later point or, you know, cause I can't, it's probably not super expensive, but it's still probably more expensive than the practical effects. I don't know. I don't know, but it always looks bad and, and it's always distractingly bad. I'm just like, oh, for fuck's sake, you know, that's, that's just some shitty plug-in on someone's after effects. That's not even a good blood splatter, you know? So why do they invade? So, well, I mean, that's sort of part of the oily oh, okay. thing, I guess. But I, I guess if we're spoiling things, so the 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 dad and the you know the 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 patriarch and the matriarch of the family. Uh, the guy has he had a defense contract or whatever, and and so so he's been kind of like he's retired, but he got a big lump sum from sort of a military thing. It's kept kind of pretty vague, but there's a lot of money involved. And kind of like Knives Out, all these family members have their hands out for that uh-huh. money. Yeah, for that inheritance. And, uh, and yeah, and so one of them, uh, has, has orchestrated the whole thing and wants their family dead. Huh. So they can inherit the whole shebang. I'm choosing my words carefully because I don't want to give anything away. Okay. Um, but because this is the thing, because it's it's completely worth a watch, and it's not—I wouldn't say it's super scary. There are there are there are definite sort of jump scares, but none that you feel kind of annoyed by. You have you know a standard one where you know it's just. In fact, there were two I think where where it's just like it's you know someone popping out from kind of whatever, and it's a family member, and it's just like a false scare. But the, the rest of them are like decent enough and it is always it it's you're you're always taken aback when you see these sort of these animal masks there's one that's a sheep there's one that's a a a tiger and one that's a wolf and so you you kind of see these things and it's always disturbing because you know they're all in kind of black tactical gear apart from these sort of like painted white masks um so yeah it it is it is a very very good film and it's Fucking rocks, and I, 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 I never, I never. I, apart, apart, apparently, it's like got a proper cult following. It didn't do very well at the box office. No, I am surprised it's sort of one they didn't make go on to make loads of, like the Purge films. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I and it didn't even get the best reviews. I think a, a lot of, a lot of the reviews were pretty. I think you got like a. I think it is fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, but I think it's like 66 on Metacritic or something. So it's not exactly a, a, a fucking barnstormer of a, hmm. of a success story. But I, I don't know why this isn't talked about more in sort of regular things. In, in horror movie circles, apparently it has got a decent reputation and, and they like it and everything. And that's all cool. But. But it, it it does seem I I wish it had a bit more notoriety and this is why I chose it because you know a, a lot of the actors are thing uh, are people you've seen in other sort of horror ish movies of this ilk um, but I I hadn't seen Shani Vincent who plays Erin before and she's fucking brilliant it's such a good performance and and this is you know when people always talk about sort of women badasses she comes to mind yeah you know you, you, you've got your standard ones that people always go the bride sarah connor you know yeah <laughs> well in a way but but you know she is awesome and and she, you know as i said she's not she hasn't got these she's not super capable she hasn't got these superpowers she just uses her brain and her unique childhood to sort of like funnel through and kind of whatever and it, it's it's brilliant um i i really like the score as well the score starts off very sort of generic horror you know kind of when something bad is happening you got the sort of screeching 
sort of violin type things, you know, someone bleeding out and it's like all discordant and shit. But actually then it goes into like more of an electronic synthy type score, which really works. And yeah, it's funny in in a way that certain things aren't. Like um there's there's I again I'm being light on spoilers because it's not like a huge rug pull moment and you probably guess as soon as you watch it, but it's it's nice to have some surprises in the movie. There's there's one character who says to another, um, fuck me on bed next to your dead mom. And it's it, it the ludicrousness of the situation is funny. Not the fact that the mom's dead. Some of the kills, especially later on, they do kind of like are just this side of sort of silly, but still nasty and 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 it's it's just good i've not seen a film like this this is well i have and i haven't i've seen this home invasion stuff done before but i haven't seen it done this well and maybe i'm seeing things in it that aren't there maybe the the critics who gave it sort of like a ho-hum type yeah it's all right it's another one you know but i think that the sort of the the vein of black humor in the whole thing the the kind of the skill in which it deploys these tropes because again tropes aren't necessarily a bad thing no, it's no, no. Yeah. knowing to use them and knowing like why you're using them whereas a lot of films don't yeah i think i think it's it's super worth a watch and it, it had been in my head for ages uh you know there are certain films that i saw a while ago and i can only remember sort of a scant few things i remembered a lot of key kills in this movie and a lot of kind of things because it just kind of stuck with me and um and yeah i've i've owned it forever and i just haven't rewatched it so uh so i did and then chose it for this and now you're all caught up well it was a roller coaster yeah but it is it is a good film i would i would recommend uh you and the people listening watch it if you haven't and I would recommend Midsummer and One Cut of the Dead. Yeah. One Shot of the Dead. What? So, who has won? We can't know until the next one shot. But, uh, I, I, I mean, I'm not trying to sway the vote anyway, but uh, I have been on a losing streak recently. I think when we look at the year as a whole, I think you have won them all. Probably since we started Probably, opening up to uh, to the public. <laughs> to the premium rate phone line. Where is all that money going, by the way? Up, So text Ben or text Rob to the number flashing on your screens now. We got that technology right. So have a suitably spooky Spookvember, Spooktober, Sporch. Spapral. This won't make sense if you're listening to this before the Goosebumps thing, but we had a whole thing where I got this. We had a whole thing? I had a whole thing where I fucked up and said Spooktember instead of Spooktober. I think you said Spooktember. <laughs> oh, God, this has been worse. Um, so, yes. Happy Halloween, guys. If, if, uh, if, this is, if this is the time that you choose to get spooky... I hope you get well spooky with it. No, 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 no. Yeah, he should really do a Halloween version. I'm sure it would slap. <sighs> That's it for this week. Thank you very much for your time, and thank you for listening. We'd love to have your feedback on this film, or any suggestions for future one shots, or what you think of Ben's um, humour. Please email podcast. Don't, don't invite that. Jesus Christ, do not invite that. I'm happy... I was going to say sucking in my own little bubble, but that sounded all kinds of wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't even know what you meant. Well, it, just being in my own bubble and not being aware. Of oh, I see. Sucking is my in, in you suck. Yeah, right, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but sucking in my own little bubble sounded just, yeah. Um, yes, don't. But what film would you guys have chosen? Do you have a horror movie that you like championing? Do you have a a one that surprised you do you have one of those things because 
always looking for recommendations. I I feel this this I'm I I'm rather sort of underserved in the whole horror genre because I don't enjoy it that much. But what there are certain ones I really love, and I'm sure Rob's the same. He can speak for himself, can't you, Rob? Well, I, I mean, I'm sure I watch like a horror film a year when we do one around Halloween next year. Yeah, I mean, but I'm 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 fine with this being the the only bit of the year that we get spooky. It's cool. Anyway, sorry, continue the outro. Please email podcast at thepopcornbucket.com. You can find us on Instagram at popcornbucketpod or over on Twitter. Sorry, sorry, on, on Instagram at what? Popcornbucketpod or over on Twitter at popcornbucketpd. <laughs> Many thanks to Lawrence Owen of Longcamp Media for the theme music. If you're able to, it'd be great if you can rate the episode wherever you listen to your podcast and subscribe and share. Many thanks. Take care. And see you next episode. What he said. Blah! I did that on the last one. Shit. Fuck it. Fuck everything. See you on Discord. Thank you. Fuck.